For me, I had three or four moments like this, and it's more about achievement. So, as a Brazilian person, I think for us, everything is so difficult in life. Like, I have so much, so much competition, and when I got the points that I'd like to uh, to have, you know, achieve some points in my career or studies or trips, in that moment of realization, I like, wow. I cannot believe it. And sometimes I cry or just smile or just, you know, say, whoa. But yeah, it's more about be happy with myself. So that moment, yes, I'm, most of the time I was happy with myself and proud of myself. And yes, it's good to work hard, but also get the point. Wow. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Right Feeling Podcast. It has been a hot minute, aka two years. Um, hello. Welcome back. It's been a while. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I guess this is season two of the podcast. I never really thought about separating it out by seasons. But here we are. I am in a new season of my life and I mean, I'm a dog mom now. So if you hear some pitter-pattering of little paws in the background or little squeaky sounds, that is indeed my dog, Mr. Albie, which is short for Albert. <laughs> he is very adorable. So there's a lot of things I've learned in the last two years and some of those things are going to be in the season. So let's kick off this season with the topic of how to handle rejection, which is something I think a lot of people, not just in their 20s, not just in their 30s, all their life they will face. So these are some lessons that my friend Joanna and I share in this episode so background on Joanna, she is an architect based in the Netherlands and she's originally from Poland. She's now in her very early 30s. You'll obviously get to know her a little bit more in the podcast. So yeah, let's roll. Welcome to the podcast, Joanna. Hello. And Mr. Albie, who's under the table trying to get our attention. And so what are we going to talk about today, Joanna? So we're going to talk about the big, um, I think one of the, the hardest feelings to experience, yeah. which is rejection. Rejection. And yeah. in multiple contexts, you know, yeah, like not exactly. just in love, but also work, <laughs> applying for jobs, basically the whole adulting shebang. Yeah. Um, so how did we get to this topic? Well, actually we had lunch last week and we were just <laughs> catching up like we usually do. And we both have been experiencing a bit of rejection recently. Yeah. And maybe what we can start with is what does the feeling of rejection feel like? Ooh, mm -hmm. that's a heavy one. It's a big one. Yeah. I think rejection is like one of the heaviest, uh, one of the hardest feelings that you can experience because it's like really... Basically, someone saying no to you, 
mm-hmm. and like to your whole being in whatever background is it professional or 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 romantic or whatever and someone is saying no to you and when you need them to say yes yeah <laughs> or when you want them to say exactly yes. yeah. exactly and um oh, it it just it feels like your your whole person is crashing down like i always feel it very heavy on my chest i think mm. For me, it's a little hard to register rejection. Mm. And like mm. if you get an email, you know, and you're applying for jobs or universities or something and you have the subject title, but they don't actually say in the subject title all the time no. that your application has been rejected, you know, you start reading and there's a little bit of hope and then you and get then you to get the this part. moment like, okay, yeah. all the way down. Like, no, this is not it. Yeah. And then it's like, ah. Uh, is that, wait, did I read that right? <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah. The thing is, is though, I think in the context of jobs or university or mm. something, you are trying to sell yourself to a stranger based off of a paper. No, exactly. And I feel, I always found a rejection on a professional level lighter than mm. on a romantic one mm. because of that reason. Like I know there are so many aspects coming together to to make the person assess you, but mm. it's not necessarily maybe what sells well. And like, you need to have a, I think, big knowledge about how to be able to sell yourself in a proper way. Yeah. What is one of the more recent experiences of rejection? For me? Yeah. It was, um, I think it was a combination actually. They came at the same time. Of course it does. It always It does. always crashes <laughs> at the same time. It was a romantic one, mm. of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> and then like, I think two weeks after, uh, the professional one followed, mm. um, the romantic one was much heavier, of course, because it was much more personal. Mm. The professional one, um, came because of the market situation, basically. Like I was really trying to understand what is the reason of me being rejected. So my contract didn't get extended. Mm. Um, and what I understood was that it's just the numbers. It's really how the, the market is operating right now. But still you slip into this thinking like, okay, what did I do wrong or what can I do better? Is it about me? And yeah, I, I try to find out. I think I'm at the point when I'm really asking questions why and I'm directly asking the, the person, Yeah, which is not something I did 10 years ago. 10 years ago, it was a different strategy I think, that I <laughs> developed. So yeah, I, I think it's very important because after asking these questions very clearly, you get to understand that the perspective is really different from what you thought it was. Mm. And it, this gives you clarity and I think it helps you to deal with the whole situation. So I think in a professional level, it was lighter for me to, to digest it. Of mm. course, I would still like to stay and I would like to get my contract extended, but there are things that are out of my control. Mm. And then, yeah, I cannot do anything about that one. But you said that this is not what you would have done 10 years ago. I mean, when you're first entering in yes. to, I don't know, university at that time, I guess, yeah. um, but also into internships and stuff like that, you wouldn't have asked them, okay, well, why? Like, can you tell me if I did anything or would you just have accepted the rejection and just move on? I feel like as I get older, there are so many l- layers to this rejection feeling, mm, no. <laughs> which is very interesting. Like in the beginning, I think when I experienced rejection, It was, um, I slipped into this maybe coping mechanism, like, okay, if you don't recognize my value, I'm going to prove it to you that I have it. Uh, That way. Yeah. Yeah. So I would like run the extra mile, you know, like Mm -hmm. try to really prove myself like, okay, I am worthy of this and this, and it would come on a professional, but also romantic level, Mm -hmm. 
which is not healthy because then in the end, you're really also pushing yourself to, to the impossible. Hmm. And what I've seen in the end, it's like, if someone doesn't recognize your value, it doesn't matter what you do. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> in both the romantic and exactly. I think professional so. context. Mm. I think so. And, um, I think when you're younger, you really take it personally. Mm. Like I think the rejection really equals your validation. If he or they don't want me, it means there is something about me, about me mm-hmm. that is just not lovable, wanted, or, oh my God, this is so yeah. <laughs> relevant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is very heavy. I think when you're mm-hmm. young and you experience this, because I think it also depends on the person. I was a person that would withdraw to myself mm-hmm. when I was rejected and it makes you lonely because in the end you are with this feeling yourself. Mm-hmm. Of course, you've got your friends, so you always have some sort of support system. And I think there are different ways in which you can deal with this rejection. I think I was maybe lucky enough. I always had at least one good friend who, mm. you know, when your whole uh, self-esteem is crashing down, like there was someone who can really be this very safe and warm space and telling you like, no, Joanna, you are not the things that you are thinking you are, or like you're much better or this and that. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, like I would always run for the next thing, like, oh, I'm going to prove you that it's different. So I think this combination made it maybe a bit easier for me to deal with it. You know, when, when you are in this space, it's very difficult to get out of this. And like you spiral into thinking that I'm not good enough. And then you isolate yourself and then you wallow yeah, and all that. Yeah. Really? So I've, I, I know it's, I think it's a bit different for everyone, how you go through it. Hmm. So for me in the beginning, yes, I was, I was, um, really trying to prove to people hmm. that I am worthy. Enough, I am worthy. And, uh, it's funny how you can trace it back to your childhood. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Like I was really, I was growing up in a household where my mom, she was extremely lovable person, but my dad, he was, I know he was there. He was mm. supporting us as a family. He was really this archetype of provider. Mm. Um, but emotionally he was never there. And I would always, I would only get approval when I would prove that I am worthy, but it, it wasn't easy, um, to prove it. Like I would always have to be the best person in the class or I would have to win a competition. And then I would see like, okay, he's proud. And it's not even that he would say it. I would just see it on his face. Yeah. And that's where I got my, like, okay, I am worthy. That's mm-hmm. where I would get my feeling from. And I think this is the strategy that I adopted in the, in the young years. Yeah. But then you're really pushing yourself to your own limits. It just gets very heavy because it's endless. Mm-hmm. There is no limit to, to it. Because like we said, if a person doesn't recognize, if it doesn't see a value to you, it's it, nothing. There you is do. nothing you can do no. about it. Exactly. But at the same time, I find it interesting because um, on one hand, rejection and pushing yourself can actually help you grow as a person. And whether that's on a romantic level or just professional skills. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think in that sense, having that kind of mentality when you're younger, it helps push you in the direction of adulting, yeah. you know. But I also think that now that you're 30 going into 31 and I'm about to hit 30, I also see that. It's, I mean, it's always what they say, right? Like your twenties are your years of finding yourself and discovering what you want. But I think when you start to enter into that true adult life, um, you also just realize there are certain things that you just can't do. Exactly. And you start accepting 
parts of yourself that maybe when you were younger, you refused to accept and you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, you don't know. You don't know. I can do this. I'm going to show I'm you. I'm going to show you. <laughs> you know, I think, I think this feeling will never go away. I think mm. everyone faces rejection sooner or later. There is no single person walking on this earth who will not face this feeling because it's just impossible. Mm. Like it's impossible that everyone recognizes you for the person that you are at the same time or find what you are valuable. So I, I think it's a matter of how you deal with it and like how mm. you develop as you get older, you develop maybe different tools to deal with it. Mm. For me, I think it's, you're right. It's like, it gives you a sense of direction. Mm. Like you do grow from every experience, like from every rejection that you get. And it's not an easy one. It's, it's awful one. It's, it's the worst that you can get, of course. Yeah. I don't know about job rejections, if that really helps me at all, but romantic rejections for sure. Yes. That's like the biggest growing pains. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah, I had the heartbreak podcast already and you know, I'm also going just fresh out of another breakup. Mm. So yeah, this concept of rejection is very interesting because it's also bringing up the same or similar wounds that I'm not good enough. Yeah. Will I ever find someone? Blah, 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 breakup thoughts, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I also think that in the romantic context, we also have to remember that sometimes when someone rejects you, it's not actually even about you. Exactly. And this is exactly where I say that the questioning comes in handy, like really asking people, why do you reject me? Hmm. And then you get the answers and then it turns out that it's never about you. Hmm. It's, I mean, at least not in my experience, it was always about the person not being able or not being ready or when you're really trying to understand the person and try to be intimate and, mm. and then you really see like, okay, there is nothing I can do. There is nothing in my power to make, to make you reciprocate this feeling or mm. be there for me or be ready or be ready. Exactly. Yeah. Did you end up asking him? I that? did. Okay. I did ask okay. and. What I understood is that, you know, sometimes you just got to accept that you're not the right person for that person. I think the compatibility is a big theme hmm. and we fail to recognize incompatibility at early stages or like we, we pretend, we, we try to really lie ourselves into it. But if you really look objectively or like clearly, which is very difficult, I'm not saying that I can do it, but I, I can see the pattern that if you see this incompatibility and are willing to accept it, mm. then you're saving yourself, I think, a lot of pain. And it's difficult to accept it, definitely. Mm. And I think it also has to do a lot with your own boundaries. Like how how far are you willing to go to to maybe try uh, them to see you? Mm. And to try to convince them exactly yeah, to be ready. Exactly. So I, I when I was younger, I would I would push my boundaries to the extreme, like really. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> to the unhealthy ways. And I think my first relationship was a was a really big wake up call for me. Mm. Again, it was it was direct translation of of uh, of my childhood <laughs> traumas. But then so, so I would push myself really to the to, to the things that I'm thinking now, like, wow, John, how like right now is I cannot even comprehend it, but it's also interesting to see because I think this also comes with character. Like I, I am very jealous of people sometimes who can draw conclusion mm. and for them, sometimes it's very black or white. And then based on their conclusion, they make a decision and they just decide to leave. Yesterday I had a conversation with my friend and he said exactly like after half year, 
the girl turn out to be just uh, unavailable emotionally or like bringing a bit too much drama. And he was really into her. But then he said, you know what? It's too much for me. I decide to leave. And it was heavy, mm. but he stick to it only after a few months. And I think, wow, for me, this would never work because <laughs> I don't have all of the answers. Mm. Like I feel maybe there is incompatibility or there is some problem, but I want to investigate it to know if I made a right decision. Mm. And for me, this process last one took two years, almost like one and a half year. But after <laughs> half year, I could already see all of uh -huh. the red flags. I know. I know. I, I don't know if you journal, Jana. Yeah, sometimes I do. Yeah. So I look back at my notes. Exactly. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> this is stuff that whatever I am going through right now and all the reasons that for why things ended, they were in the very beginning. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I did the same. I actually went back to my, uh, to my notes from, mm. from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. I think three months or something like, I am feeling that maybe this is happening. And I was like, you were right on spot. Yeah. You're really right on spot. And sometimes, You've got this gut feeling that is telling you also that maybe this is not the right person, mm. but I am like bulldozing through myself and just like, no, I'm going to find out. Like, I want to know for Push sure. Push the limits. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But in a way, to be honest, I actually prefer that. Mm. I prefer to have given my a hundred percent and knowing that I didn't hold anything back. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Because then wouldn't that technically be a rejection of me? If I gave a hundred percent of, of everything that I had to trying to make this relationship work. Yeah. And if that relationship didn't work, isn't that technically a rejection of the 100% that I gave? Right. Right. But I don't feel it that way anymore. I think I have like, I think a greater understanding that, okay, yeah, I was rejected, but it just didn't work. That's it. Yeah. Did you ever have an experience when you actually investigated the reasons why you're being rejected? And uh, let's say in romantic, I think on a professional way, maybe it's easier because mm. it is a professional setting and it is about giving you feedback. feedback so yeah. both sides are expecting this, mm. but on a romantic level, did you ever feel like someone gave you really good feedback, like why you're being rejected? I remember at the end of my first relationship, my ex had mentioned things like you're too understanding. Mm. And I remember back then I was so upset that that could be such a negative thing. Yeah. Like how could being too understanding, how could being supportive but, be a negative Exactly. But you thing? know, I, I, I think now I remember that I got the same kind of feedback. <gasps> like, oh <my> God. <laughs> I wish maybe you were a bit more um, pushy. Mm. Like more saying what you want and like, mm. you know... He didn't say it in that way, but from what I understood, it's like that you would really just state what you want and make me do it. Like mm. I know girls who are really also able to push someone in a relationship. Like mm -hmm. you're going to be my boyfriend. I'm going to introduce <laughs> you you're this and that. That's it. <laughs> exactly. And this is never me. And I think maybe this is, this is very similar. Actually, I got the same. You're too, but I know that I am too understanding also. But this, you know, like I don't take it as a negative thing. I know this mm. is something I can never switch off because I, I kind of thrive on it. Like I really find it very interesting to like dive deep into people and try to understand them. And I just cannot let go when I just got to know 10% of the people mm -hmm. and it's hurting me at the same time, but I don't feel like it's a bad thing. I mean, now in this second rejection, mm -hmm. he said 
I mean, it was kind of um, over quite a long process, like a few months where he had a lot of these doubts and it first started, I remember he said I was the nice girl. <laughs> I was lemonade. I was iced tea, you know, compared to um, maybe some more toxic exes that were like, you see, like vodka or exactly. Yeah. But th this is such a bad thing to say because they portrayed in a way that it's a negative thing. I mean, you can take it as a negative, like, oh, so what do you want me to be? Like, I mean, of course you go into that thinking, mm -hmm. but it just means that they are not ready for the, I think for the healthy relationship and love that you are willing to give to someone. Yes. Or I would like to think that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's why I hesitated a bit because I think on one hand that could be true, but on the other hand, maybe they're just not attracted to the understanding type, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I think it comes down again from what is your emotional matrix, I think. Mm, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, because they are looking for this and they just cannot find it in you. And it's a good thing about you, of course, that you're not maybe toxic person or I don't know, like unstable. Mm. But again, there is nothing you can do about it. And I don't think you should feel bad for not having this. That's no, true. But I, I, I think I hesitate because on the other hand, I also do feel like there is some truth to what they're saying in that I'm too understanding. I'm too nice. And what it actually translates to is also, I don't have boundaries. Mm. I sacrifice a lot yeah. to make them happy. Yeah. Um, and on one hand, that could be also be very, a, a very loving thing. Right. But on the other hand, it comes at a cost to myself. Yeah. And over time, I find that I'm more worn out mm -hmm. in the relationship and it's not as honest anymore. Yeah. You know, and I, I do actually, I do wish that I was more honest about how I felt about certain things. If I was upset, instead of giving him time to think and have space and figure it out, figure <laughs> it out, you know, you know, wait a whole month before you come around. I put my needs aside for a whole exactly. freaking month. And I was in the end rejecting myself. Yeah. I was rejecting my own needs mm -hmm. for the sake of their needs. Mm -hmm. And so even like, so this why of why things ended, there are always a number of reasons. But I think that for me, the biggest takeaway from this rejection is that I want to be more forthcoming about my needs mm -hmm. and just stop rejecting myself. Exactly. You know, okay, you can reject me. All right. As long as I accept myself, but there are going to be people that love you, you know, just absolutely not this person, but I don't want to keep rejecting myself. I, I think this is also the lesson for myself. Like mm -hmm. definitely, I do feel like I push my boundaries way too much. Too far. Yeah. Because, yeah. And, and like, this is something I understood already from my first relationship. Like just because you understand it doesn't mean you have to accept it. There is this knowledge. I know this, but still. It's the feeling. It doesn't <laughs> catch up to the brain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you still choose to do something else. Like because you love the person, you are in yeah. love. Like it's it's very difficult to, in the moment when it's happening, there are so many factors at play. Hormones. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. sometimes it's just like freaking hormones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, but I do feel, for example, with years that, 
this boundary, like I am, I am better and better. Like I'm getting better at setting my own boundaries. I, I think so. From what you're telling me, Joanna, yeah, I yeah. was very proud. Yeah. So, maybe, thank, girl, you. Yes. thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Put that foot down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's, I see that it's taking me less, like I have less patience mm-hmm. to wait around and I recognize faster that, and you know, it doesn't come. I always try to make peace with every decision that I make. Like I don't mm-hmm. try to go against me. I think sometimes, you know, the relationship maybe doesn't feel good, but it just doesn't feel right yet to end it. Like I feel there is still something that I need yeah. to get out of this and I might end it, but I also feel like I'm then bulldozing another part of me mm-hmm. that still wants to stay. It's interesting you're saying that too, because I remember I had a moment in the second relationship where I really felt like, why am I with this person? Mm. And it was almost like the breakup was at the tip of my tongue. And I just, I I knew I had to say, this isn't going to work. We should go our separate ways. But there's also that part in me that was like, there's not, there's something that's not done yet. Exactly. And it's interesting because a lot of my friends keep asking me, why did I stay in this relationship for as long as I did, given how unhealthy it Mm -hmm. was? And I think it was actually my subconscious pushing me to go through this experience so I can actually learn what I want and how to establish my boundaries in the next relationship. And in a way it's kind of fucked up (laughs) because it kind of sounds like um, my subconscious is almost using this guy, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Maybe that is what it was, I don't know. But I know that I put myself in this relationship Mm -hmm. for a reason. Exactly. And I wanted to see it through to the very end because it was, again, that whole 100%, actually really it was 150%, you know, mm-hmm. giving my 150%, see where that takes me. Like also figuring out my own limits. Like, yeah. and I found that I really have very little limits for how far I could go to support my my partner, you know. But then when you experience that kind of dynamic, I think it gives you more clarity on, okay, maybe I don't have very much limits, but maybe I want to start placing limits, Yeah, you know? So I think it's that little subconscious part of me, maybe part of you that was pushing us to stay for a reason. Because you do feel like there is still something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with that. It's, it's a bit contradictory because yeah. on one side you're like, this is my boundary. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna end it now. Yeah. But then there is something else saying like, no, you got to stay a bit longer. You got you, you to suffer a bit. Yeah, there there's is a, a lesson, lesson I want you to learn. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and the lesson in the end is about the boundary, mm. which is a bit contradictory, but I think there is no, I mean, how else would you learn if not this way? Because I, I, I do agree. Like there is something subconscious that is really pulling you towards these partners. Like there is some unhealed part of you. Yeah. That these just, choices, you know, our friends probably are like, Joanna, just come Jane, on. Like, <laughs> you deserve so much better. And then our, like, whatever child in us is like, do we? Yeah. Do we deserve better? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and I, I recognize it with myself, definitely. Also with you, this is, I think, how we connect. <laughs> it's, it's a funny thing, but, you know, the better it gets, the better it gets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still hope that, um, I mean, I see that every relationship becomes healthier. Mm. It's not 
like I'm slipping into worse thing and, and I, you know, it always, it's not only the bad things, of course, like I'm portraying it, there was always rejection, but there were a lot of good things as well that you learn about this. Mm. But yeah, the, the underlying theme is rejection still. Mm. I, I do think though, if I'm looking at our conversation, that, that silver lining to rejection is also acceptance. If we go through life never being rejected, that must be nice, you know, in a way. But <laughs> on the other hand, I think um, maybe for people who have gone through similar things like us, who have kind of that inner wounded child, going through rejection is a way for us to reach acceptance. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. I think some people can spiral into a more unhealthy, <laughs> unhealthy yeah. state and unhealthy relationships. But I think if we look at rejection as indeed a way of, okay, what can I learn from this? Um, get that feedback. I think that that can help us grow yeah. um, and become more loving of that inner wounded yeah. child. You know? Definitely. And the funny thing is that, uh, so the theme of rejection is somehow the theme of this month and last month for mm. me. And I meet with people who are uh, who are going through the same experiences. Mm. And funny enough, when you look on the outside, you would portray these people as really successful people. Yes. Like, yeah, I know. Jane, when I look at you, you're a really ambitious girl. Like you're going <laughs> for it. You have a, you have a career, you love what you're doing. You have great friends. I would never say that deep inside, maybe you're suffering from rejection and you're going, mm. like you're trying to find this, you know, like trying to figure out this little, I mean, not little because it's a big thing, but a lot of people actually who are successful or who you look up to, they are really struggling with this. It's just not, not too many people I think are openly talking about it. I also think that oftentimes the most successful people have to go through rejection exactly. to become where they, well, to be where they are, right? So you think about Steve Jobs or you think about the bigger inventors that yeah. had their inventions rejected or JK Rowling who had Harry Potter being rejected, rejected so many times, so exactly. many times. Yeah. And now look at it. Yeah. You, know? you always hear that. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it is going back to what you're saying about how you handle rejection. Yeah. Um, there are different roads you can take, but if you can take the road of growth yeah. and understanding and accepting parts of yourself and maybe also, it, it might be that you also see, like we did with the whole boundaries issue for relationships, if you also see where other people are coming from when they reject you, yeah, um, you can take those as learning lessons into bettering yourself. Exactly. It's really, I think it's really important the meaning that you attach to all of the experiences that you're going through. All of the beliefs that we are holding inside of us, you really have to question them. You really have to make sure like, is this really true what I'm making it mean hmm. like him or her rejecting me does it really mean that i'm not worthy or i'm incapable or whatever meaning you attach to it i think it's very important to make sure that you know what you bring on the table hmm. and you know what is your worth and stick to it and i think this will get you through the hard times and i think with all of the people you've mentioned i think this is maybe also the thing like they know that they're good at the thing that they're doing or they recognize their own value. It's just that others don't, but it doesn't mean it's not there. Hmm. Or this is the story that I'm trying to tell myself <laughs> to feel better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think from a personal side, it, it is as like my parents and my friends and everyone is always saying, 
you just need to find the person that will value these things. Mm-hmm. But I think if we bring it back to the professional context, if I'm honest, you know, job applications and getting rejected and sometimes not even getting rejected, being ghosted. Mm. I don't feel like how, what meaning can I ascribe to this? Exactly. But not like it just is defeating in many ways because then it makes me feel like, okay, everything that I've accomplished that I thought was amazing, it's not recognized yeah. at all by this other stranger <clears throat> company that, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't know anything about me that I'm putting on one page what I do and who I am, Yeah, you know? I, as I was coming to you, I got another rejection letter. Oh no. <laughs> uh, it's like the first thought is, you know, mm-hmm. they always send you this very generic message or email or something. Thank you for your application. Exactly. Unfortunately, <laughs> at this time, we will be co- proceeding with the next candidate. Exactly. So, but, and the first question is, but why? Yeah. Like, why? Like, what am I missing? You would like to know, but very often you are not able to even get that answer from professional. Mm-hmm. Like when you're applying for jobs, there is no way you can get the answer. It's of like course, no you- reply at. <laughs> exactly. Like, please do not reply to the CV. <laughs> Please do not call us yeah. 30 times a day to understand. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like the professional environment is even more out of your control mm. than the romantic one. Like you've got, I think you've got less possibilities to understand. But you know, I think again, it comes down to valuing. Like people really have different, they find different things valuable. Mm. I think they just simply don't recognize the value in what you're doing. And this is absolutely out of your control. Mm. But it doesn't mean that the value isn't there. Because I think if you truly believe in it and you already got feedback, like, yeah, you know, Jane, what you're doing is really, it's really bringing worth and like it, mm-hmm. it, it, it matters. I think it's definitely is difficult to not to slip into this thing. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to give up because it's been so tiring and I've put so much effort. And maybe this is even more challenging because then you really have to rely on your own worth and like what you're bringing on the table. Yeah. Actually, this is, this is interesting. It's reminding me of what happened last week with, I mean, just for the listeners, Mm -hmm. I'm working on a docuseries right now called Conversations with Young Farmers uh, here in the Netherlands. So the idea is to connect different people with young farmers in conversation with different perspectives, right? So like a policymaker and a young farmer or a conservationist and a young farmer. Um, and I've been working to try to get the Minister of Agriculture to speak with a young farmer, you know? And I I see how this is such an important conversation, especially given all the tensions right now in the Netherlands over agriculture mm-hmm. and policy. And I was so excited because I was getting so close, you know? The minister even had dinner with one of the farmers mm-hmm. that is featured in the docu series, and I was sending emails, calling different people to try to make it happen, and there was just this passing back and forth to other team members. That was already very tiring, mm-hmm. but as long as I can get a yes, just one yes, it doesn't have to be now. I can schedule it two months from now when he's more available. That's fine. I just need to make this happen because this was one of those passion projects that made me feel like there's no conversation happening in this, in between these sectors. Mm -hmm. And how can we possibly come up with real solutions if all the policies are just based off of fucking lobbying, you know, or politics, it's not real conversations with real people. And so I was so passionate about it. And I so badly 
I can't even explain it, but you can see it probably mm. in my face and like my She's body. She's very passionate like, right now. <laughs> <laughs> like it just, it makes me feel like I can't, like I need this to happen to believe yeah. that real change can, mm -hmm. can happen in our systems because I've been struggling a lot with pessimism mm -hmm. <laughs> and like our systems never changing. Mm -hmm. So this is something I really want to, to believe in. And finally, I got the message. I think your project sounds really great, really amazing. But oh, unfortunately, <laughs> at this time, we would like to focus on domestic media, et cetera, et cetera. Oh my God. And I, I understand their position, right? Because he just came into <clears throat> office last month. It's not an easy time. And mm -hmm. he wants to connect with the citizens. And I'm like, yeah, but we're working with exactly the people that you would need to speak with. Yeah. Um, and I just, I didn't, I don't understand. Um, but that rejection was pretty hard. Uh, it was just one email and I understand why, mm -hmm. but it's still hard. I wanted it so badly. Of course. And you've invested so much time and it's like you said, it's your passion. Yeah. And it's, it just, it made me feel like, fuck, like this is exactly what's wrong with the world. Like, yeah prioritizing, you know, certain media outlets to gain popularity or something yeah. rather than real intimate one-on-one -on -one honest conversations. Yeah. And so I was a little bit, cause I was simultaneously trying to reach out to people at WWF. So the conservationist mm -hmm. uh, side of the organization and I was also being passed around and it was like a more than a month. And I also had a direct contact. And so after I got this email from the minister, um, I was really discouraged and just like, maybe I should just stop trying. Mm. <laughs> maybe I should just give up on this docuseries, you know, I'm just a bit tired of being rejected and having my time feel like it's wasted. Mm -hmm. But then I had to think that these farmers and their stories are rarely ever told and having these conversations are so important to me and I feel like they're important for the grander scheme of things and if I'm allowing this rejection to get in the way of telling these stories that they're so excited to to mm -hmm. share if no one else will hear them won't I you know and so I for a moment was like I'm just gonna not a message to VWF. I'm just tired of rejections. Blah, blah. Yeah. But after thinking about that, like, I don't want to reject the farmers, you mm -hmm. know, I don't want to reject their story the same way that other others have. And I ended up calling the VWF because they sent me an email saying that the person that I had hoped could get, um, on the documentary is busy, mm -hmm. but that there's maybe is another option. Okay. So I immediately called of course, <laughs> and we ended up being able to like, we ended up scheduling something. That's great. And now WWF is going to be part of this docuseries with the farmer. Oh my God. You see, there you go. Yeah. And so nice. it made that, that is the power of rejection and how it can make people feel so defeated, mm. but maybe also a story and a reminder to myself the next time I feel so dejected from rejection to keep pushing through, yeah. you know, and to remember where your worth <laughs> is, wh what you want to bring mm -hmm. worth to and focus on that. Exactly. Um, That's a perfect example. I think you nailed it. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking.
thinking about this, like as you were saying. No, definitely. Because I, I think it, it is extremely difficult what you did, mm. like not to give up in this moment. But I think like you're, you being passionate about it definitely helped because this is something you really intrinsically believe in. And it's just, you have to come, it has to come into fruition no matter yeah. what. Yeah. I'm very happy that you pursued it. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Jana. I mean, I'm still chasing the minister. <laughs> I'm not taking no until I'm going to give him one more call. <laughs> no, you should. Yeah. Just to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think in some ways, some people also don't understand the value that like, it's, it is in the end about selling that value or not, maybe not selling, but communicating in a way that people understand exactly and also see the same worth you see this is the next level of the I, I always say like this th there are so many levels it's like really peeling the onion <laughs> you see this is the next level of like okay i recognize already my own value in what i do and mm. now i'm gonna sell it to people mm. <laughs> marketing exactly <laughs> it's a it's a i think it's a life learning process definitely mm. But it's very interesting. I mean, I'm curious to see where it goes with your project. I'm curious as well. Yeah. I'm very curious. But anyway, Joanna, we're at the almost one hour mark. Is it already? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Um, in terms of last comments, what do you feel like is the right feeling in all of this? It's a very difficult question. Mm -hmm. I think it comes... I'm not saying this is the ultimate answer, but with a recent one for me, it was really recognizing my own worth and setting a certain boundary and accepting the consequences of it. So mm. I knew it, it's, it was going to be painful to break up with this guy mm. and stand on my own. And it was fucking painful <laughs> to the degree when I was really thinking maybe I should go back, mm. but it just didn't feel right. I knew this was the right decision. So it was, it was and really felt it was the right. Decision. I really felt it. Yeah. yeah. It's just like really deep, intrinsic feeling that, you know, this is the right choice and you accept the consequences of it. Yeah. You know, it kind of comes back to what you were saying earlier about that little person inside you that was like, <laughs> yeah, no, like there's still something here. Yeah. But I think when you reached to that point exactly. that you did, a little person was accepting like, no, it's you, time. Exactly. Like you got the person on board already. Yeah. From what I think is the right feeling and just in general, because I've asked a lot of different strangers on the street, right? Like, <laughs> when was the moment when things feel right? And I think from what I can understand from the very small sample size that I have, um, is that the right feeling in the end is actually in alignment. Mm. This feeling that something in you feels aligned yeah whether it's to the world around you or within yourself or within a certain context 100% yes it's this full your entire body's 100% on board yeah yeah your entire being is 100% exactly on board. I, and i think this is really the difference mm. when, when you do it when it happens you know but it's very difficult to say like how it feels of course but i absolutely agree mm. That was a nice way of like, you, we made a cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Joanna, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Let's cheers. Cheers to rejection. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>
I hope that you enjoyed this episode. A huge thank you to Joanna for coming on and being vulnerable and sharing all these things. Just to summarize, rejection is fucking hard. And I do think it's a bit easier to handle rejection as you get older. Not because it's actually easy, but just because you have better coping mechanisms. Um, so anyway, thank you very much for listening in. If you felt like sharing this with any friends or family, definitely do so. The next episode will be on putting yourself first with my friend Yana. Not Joanna, Yana. <laughs> and you can check out The Right Feeling. You know, I've actually kind of been off Instagram. I've kind of had this distant relationship with Instagram recently, but The Right Feeling underscore is still on Instagram if you want to look for it. You can find a very early YouTube channel. <laughs> also at the right feeling underscore. And if you're not much of a social media person, you can always send me an email at jane, that's J-A-N-E, at therightfeeling.org. All right, I can't wait to feel the feels with you in the next episode.